The Full Spectrum Podcast, presented by Champions and Legends. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. This is the Full Spectrum Podcast with Big Data and Maverick, available wherever you get your podcasts. Big Data, welcome back. Another week went by. Crazy, crazy week. How are you, my friend? Doing well. It was a great, great week of sports. Excited to talk about it. You know what? I'm just happy you didn't show up in my house in the middle of the night and me being sans clothes once again. So I'm happy that uh, we're doing this kind of live unlive. But hey, bottom line, mi casa su casa. If you ever do want to, I, I don't want to scare you off. Me being naked and you showing up at my door, it's no big deal, bro. I'm cool. I'm fine with it. Well, you know, it's scary for the fans. I'll tell you that right now. Fair enough. Respect. Listen, I wanted to, uh, you know, you, when you do your Champions and Legends promo, you know me. I'm always, I'm always looking and seeing who is that next guy that I think can live up to that high expectation of the Champions and Legends uh, CBD oil that's out there. And the first guy that came to my mind this week, Thor Bjornsson. Who's that? Oh, it's the mountain. The guy from Games of Thrones, one of the world's strongest men in the world. The guy's from Iceland. But he's got another and huge accomplishment that just happened this week. Or actually, maybe it was last week. He had a baby boy. So congratulations to Thor and his wife. And you know what, sir? You're going to be needing that CBD oil. As a father to a father, <laughs> and you're a father, that oil is going to be mostly... There's a lot, of, there's a lot of recovery. Rocks and stuff. A lot of recovery. A lot of recovery needed. Exactly, exactly. As you alluded to, big week in sports. Let's jump right into it because we got a lot to talk about this week um let's start with let's let's get to the elephant in the room everyone wants to cut me down because of what i've been saying over the last couple of weeks it's the big man from la actually real quick about la is la still standing i just want to make sure did the riots get out of hand i didn't see any reports on it i think the city of la is actually okay i think i think we're good to go uh hollywood is back in business and everyone's good beautiful that's what i you know what now i'm happy now i'm happy with that being said, it's been three straight months. The guys from L.A., the NBA, everybody stuck in Disney World. I mean, there could be worse places you're stuck. But bottom line, these guys didn't do anything. They were stuck in there. They were ordering Amazon every day, ordering wine, ordering fish to, to uh, feed the pond so they can do something to pass their time after playing basketball. And it's finally happened. The L.A. Lakers pulled it off in a six-game series, knocking off the Miami Heat. Ladies and gentlemen, LeBron James has done it. He brought title back to L.A. Big data, I got to ask you right off the bat, does this solidify LeBron as the GOAT now that he's got number four? Well, he's, he's getting a lot closer. This is a huge accomplishment. Title number 17 for the Lakers. I'm going to give you some LeBron stats from the playoffs as I know you love them. You know, I love it. This is his age 35 season. He's actually almost 36 years old already. Here's the stats. So basically, you know, we said in the previous weeks, an NBA game in the playoffs is about, you know, close to 100 possessions a game. And, you know, LeBron plays a lot of minutes. So I'm going to give you his per 100 possession stats in his age 35 season really quick. Uh, 37.2 points, 14.5 rebounds. 11.8 assists, 1.7 steals, 1.2 blocks, 
37% three-point field goal, 56% field goal overall. And here's a big number, 30% usage rate. So 30% of the time he is basically putting the ball in the basket or getting someone else to put the ball in the basket. Huge statistics, especially for his age. It's almost unprecedented. You know, we talk a lot about Jordan versus LeBron. I'll give you someone else here who is actually maybe a better comp for LeBron right now. One, okay. one Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, now, I'm listening. So now LeBron, you know, he's, he's putting together a Kareem-like career in, in the fact of dominance and longevity. Let me give you Kareem's stats when he was 35 years old. We're talking mm-hmm. the 1983-84 season. And in those playoffs, now this is just his averages, but he averaged 24 points a game, eight rebounds, four assists. So, you know, that was a dominant player. Sure, then he was on the Lakers. He had lots of other players to share the ball with. uh, So his stats weren't quite as popping. But, I mean, LeBron, his stats are just phenomenal. doesn't matter if you were 24 years old, 29 years old, but at 35 years old, to have that kind of usage, to have that kind of performance, it's, it's really staggering. So he just got a lot closer in the GOAT debate, in my opinion. Well, here's my thing, and I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to be that guy, okay? So I, I, but I'm going to just say a few things to try to make it fair down the line. There's no debate that I'm a, a Jordan enthusiast, that I'm more on the Jordan side. But, and here's kind of a reason why. When you're talking about having won his fourth championship, hey, man, congrats. That's an amazing accomplishment. On top of the fact that, you know, the, the Clippers, for example, were built to knock him out specifically. Even though they never, we never got to actually see that, there was teams literally gunning to knock LeBron out. So you, you got to leave that on there saying, okay, there's teams literally gunning for LeBron. But here's my thing. You're still four out of ten. You've gone to this championship ten times. And you've only won it four. If my son comes home with a four out of ten on his report card, I'm not going to be a very happy guy. Okay. Now, do I expect him to have 100%? No. I mean, even at 60, 70, 80%, I would be okay with it. If LeBron ends up his career with a sub 500 record when it comes to the finals, I got to take that into account. I just do. But here's where I'm going to give him a lot of accolades. At the age of 37, this guy looks better than he ever has. He's playing the Miami Heat, and those guys looked absolutely exhausted. And with all due respect to them, you guys are playing in the same series. You're just as tired. They're just as tired as you are. And you guys, and LeBron's running as though he's a marathon runner. LeBron looked like he could run another 10 laps. No problems. And that's where I'm giving LeBron a lot of credit. Like, this guy, he was up for it. I don't like the fact that he gives up the last shot, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do on certain situations. But when it really comes down to it, and we'll see what happens, I'm still on the board about the four to ten is never going to win me over, man. I, I I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna. It's not about the champion. It's just that now it's the, that ratio four to ten. That's forty percent. So I'll give you something that'll put it in a bit more perspective. Because you know, honestly, if your son goes to ten straight spelling bee championships and he wins, right. he wins four of them. I mean, you're gonna be pretty. You're gonna be pretty happy with him. I'll be okay, uh, but I'll be like, why'd you lose six? <laughs> you still lost more than you won. That's the thing. But to put it, you know, put it in perspective, yeah. though, he's almost 
played in as many finals as Michael Jordan played in actual seasons. That's a good point. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You know what? And this is why I love this debate to some degree, because it's really never ending, right? Like it's never, and I'm not saying that you need to be, you have to have more championships or you have to be at a hundred percent, but those numbers that Jordan has, they're hard numbers to go against. They really are. And, and here's another thing. This title is the COVID title. It's the COVID championship. Do you think that's going to play a role in people's discussions going forward? Will this put, will that asterisk quote unquote on this trophy mean any less? You know, I think the opposite actually, um, based on just the, you know, mental challenge of being in that bubble for that long. Uh, the Lakers were there the longest. Uh, I think it's, it's actually going to come out as, you know, even though we talked about the, you know, the lack of travel and how they played better because of the rest. I think mentally is probably the toughest championship to win. And I think they're historically it's going to, it's going to look good for LeBron. So what you're telling me is maybe we give this one one and a half championships. <laughs> so his ratios just went up. Maybe you just, <laughs> you might've just changed my mind. Big data. It's close. It's, you know, I'm, I like you, know it. you know, I'm the biggest uh, Jordan stand out there. So. True. No, it's fair. I, and I like it. And you know, as much as I love Jordan, I'm trying, I'm literally, I know people think I'm trying to hate on him. I'm not, I'm trying to find a reason, but they're hard. These arguments are tough because look, hundred uh, percent, six for six in the championships, game winning shots. The guy's unstoppable. Then you watch his, uh, you know, documentary that gets you all juiced up again, sold the most amount of shoes. Then you have LeBron and it's, and he's got his stats and all that stuff. And it's just, I don't know. It's a little overwhelming on the Jordan side. It's a little overwhelming, you know? So there it is. From there, let's go to the big talk of the week. It's week five in the NFL. And uh, big data, let's start off with a little bit of sadness, man. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a huge Cowboys fan or not. What happened on Sunday was, it was gut-wrenching, man. To, to see what happened to Dak, the way his leg planted into the ground, and he ended up snapping his leg, uh, compound fracture, dislocated uh, ankle as well. Um, pretty gruesome. What were your thoughts on watching Dak uh, and playing against your Giants? You love the Giants, uh, so try to be fair if you can for a second. You know, it was just it was absolutely horrible. You know, you hate to see it. Uh, unfortunately, these things happen against the Giants quite often. We had the Joe Theismann leg snappage, if you yeah. remember that. Well, that was an intentional um, but... one. I mean, Lawrence Taylor was a machine. <laughs> I mean, that was that was different. That was a little different. <laughs> But yeah, no, like everybody else, I felt horrible for him. Uh, you know, hopefully he has a, a decent recovery and he can get back out there. But for Cowboys fans, really, they do have the best backup quarterback in the NFL. And Andy Dalton came in throwing darts. He was 9 for 12, 111 yards. He threw a touchdown, you know, albeit against a pretty terrible Giants defense. But he was ready. He made it happen. And frankly, I think, you know, this doesn't change all that much uh, for the Cowboys because they'll just run a little bit more, which might actually be better. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, they might not be able to score 40 points a game like Dak did. So it's obviously it is not as good, obviously, as having Dak. But, I mean, it's good enough. You should be able to win with that offense, especially the NFC East with Andy Dalton in that offense. So Cowboys fans should be sad because it was, a, it was looking to be like a historic offense uh now they just have a an okay offense but they should still be able to get to eight and eight and you know win this pathetic division well you know it's funny you say that because the red rocket i mean a lot of people 
cut Dalton down because he was on the Bengals over the last couple of years. They've been pretty, pretty pathetic. But this is a guy that actually took the Bengals to five, to five playoff appearances as well. He's no, he's no slouch, and I agree 100% with you. Probably the best backup in the league. But here's where the jinx factor happened. When they picked him up, here's Dak Prescott has never missed a game since he started for the Dallas Cowboys. And all of a sudden, you go and get this really reliable backup, and then he wouldn't sign the contract. And then this happens. Hey, look, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but at the same time, you know, it's a little, it was almost like written on the wall, as they say sometimes. Something was bound to happen. It's kind of sad. But I couldn't agree with you more. I think this is just going to make Dallas realize how important it is. You got you got Zeke back there, man. Use them. Run the ball a little bit. It's not a big deal. You have the offensive weapons to pass, but it's that defense at the end of the day. Even if Dak didn't get hurt, that defense is absolutely horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. It's horrible. <laughs> it's just it's just an atrocity. Uh, it's an embarrassment. And frankly, for fantasy football, I love seeing it. <laughs> well, you know, for, from Jerry Jones, this is where I'm going to stick up for Jerry and Jerry's world. This is why he didn't give Dak all that money. He needs that money to show up that defense. He's showing you. <laughs> I, I can't give Dak the money, you guys. I just can't do it. Look how bad our defense is. I got to give some money to the defense. <laughs> That's it. Now, here's the biggest thing. Outside of that, there was the big, big Sunday night game, Minnesota Vikings down in Seattle. The game is being, it's drenched. It's raining in Seattle. Big surprise. And Russell, uh, you know, for everyone talking about how Russell's cooking is, he wasn't cooking very well until the fourth quarter. It's fourth and one. All of a sudden, Seattle is up by, uh, pardon me, um, Minnesota is up by five points. There's about two and a bit minutes left in the game. It's fourth and one on the, on the inside the 10-yard line. And Zimmerman looks at his analytics page. Do I go for it? And if I do go for it, this game's over if they get the first down. If they kick the field goal, they're up by eight, but they're giving Russell the ball back. He ended up going for it on fourth and one. And the 12th man or no 12th man, it didn't matter. They stopped him, and then Russell went to work. And he made his finest meal. Two fourth and ten conversions. The fourth and ten on the very last play of the game was a dart to DK Metcalf. Seattle pulls off the upset again. Big data because you are an analytics specialist. Did Zimmerman make the right call? So this call, you know, the stats are pretty simple. All the coaches have them. Now, the art of being an NFL head coach is, you know, do you look at the stats or do you go with your gut? So in my opinion... Either way, if they had kicked the field goal, they would have had an eight-point lead. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if they missed it, they would have had a whole field and a five-point lead. Here's the deal. The way that Minnesota defense was playing at the end of the game, either way, Russ was going to score. I think Russ was going to cook. He was going to tie the game at 29, or he was going to win the game. So looking at Zimmerman in that situation with that decision to make, I thought to myself, Hey, what have I been doing for the last few days? Oh, I've been watching a sports show. Mitch, do you, Maverick, do you know what sports show that was? No, I have no idea. Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah, hot show, hot show right now. I've been watching Cobra Kai, and I thought to myself, you know what? Zimmerman's thinking about Cobra Kai. He's thinking <laughs> about their motto. Cobra right. Kai's motto is strike first, strike hard. That's right. So That's right. I think it was, in the end, a sound decision 
he had a chance to win the game with the first down. Mm-hmm. Now, good decisions don't always work out. Right. Obviously, you know, they weren't able to make it happen, even though they had actually been running the ball very well during the game. Uh, so I got to say, you know what, Mike Zimmerman, you are the sensei. That was the correct decision. See, I'm so torn. I got to be honest with you because I agree. Like, I, I'm trying to picture myself on the sidelines, Big Data. And I say to myself, okay, I'm the coach, fourth and one. It's raining out. We're in Seattle, no fans. That 12th man, as the, and the commentators mentioned it. They're like, if the fans were here, they probably would have kicked the field goal. But they went for it. And they were running the ball down their throat. Let's call it what it was. Even without Dalvin Cook uh, in the second half, the, the, other, the other running back. Madison. Take, yeah, Madison was taking, taking the game into his own hands. And it's kind of like, again, I, I alluded to the Dak thing. It was like almost written. I, I swear to you, I was sitting with my wife and I go, for some reason, they're going to get stuffed. I don't know why. Is it the drama? Is it the, the ratings that the NFL just seems to be able to garner out of this? I don't know. But here's my thing. I actually would have kicked the field goal. And here's my complete reason why. You kick the field goal, which is never a guarantee anyways, but you kick the field goal. Let's say, let's assume he gets it. Now you're up by eight. Yes, you're giving Russ the ball back, but it is wet outside. And okay, he scores a touchdown, but he also has to get the two-point conversion just to tie the game. That's the only reason, truthfully, from a mathematical point of view, that I would have said in this particular situation, let's just go with it. And the clock was really not in anyone's favor because they had that timeout to use. So I don't know. Like, on the other side of it, it's like Zimmerman said, we don't come here to lose. We didn't come here to tie. We came to win. And you know what? They get that first down. This is not a discussion, right? Everyone would have said, what a great call. But he didn't. And you know what? Russell Wilson right now, for anybody that says, well, it's Mahomes or it's uh, Aaron Rodgers, no. It is Russell Wilson, true, straight, five games in, MVP of the NFL, best player in the NFL is on top of it. He's a stud. Uh, like Again, I think the Vikings would have lost either way. If Russ was just – he was just torching that defense, I, I'm very confident he would have tied the game. And, you know, if that game went to overtime, there was no chance of the Vikings winning it anyway. So, you know what? The best odds are when you have the control – Go for it. Try and win the game. But, hey, it doesn't always work out. No, it doesn't. And that's why we love sports, and that's why we lose so much money gambling in sports. And I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. So from and neither there, do I. <laughs> let's go to pump and dump. Big data, give it to him. Again, let's keep talking. The top QB in fantasy, Russell Wilson. Uh, so he passed. Obviously, Dak didn't finish the game. He was number one last week. Russell passed him. Uh, Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, apologize to his mother. He <laughs> went into second place and Dax, you know, unfortunately down to third place. Uh, but I want to talk about a bottom QB today. Yeah, go ahead. Someone who came back, they were injured, but man, did they put up a stinker and actually got replaced. 49ers own Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Way can, to I, go. can I just say one thing about Jimmy, Jimmy G? I have said this from day one. The minute they gave that guy like $120 million, like that guy literally was the highest paid quarterback at one time. For shame, NFL. For shame, 49ers. <laughs> giving this guy money. What? He didn't do anything. He didn't <laughs> do anything. And you know what? I don't want to see anyone do bad, but uh, am I that surprised? No. Sorry. I, I digress. Go. Go. I, I apologize. <laughs> So uh, running back, uh, same guys, 
consistent at the top. Kamara, Cook, Jones. And that's it. Like, no one else is even in the conversation. Yeah. Another 49er as the bottom running back. I have him in one of my fantasy leagues. Put up a bagel. Jarek McKinnon. Ouch. McKinnon, you know what? Outside of flying high on the sidelines, that guy is not really doing much. He will not run <laughs> between the tackles, that guy. So between him and Jimmy, you got to drop these guys, uh, Big Data. You got to drop these guys. I don't know what you're doing. And McKinnon was dropped by millions of people uh, uh, today yeah. in fantasy. Good. Uh, wide receivers, uh, the top guys almost the same, but there's a new entrant in the top three. So Calvin Ridley still first somehow. Uh, DK Metcalf with his huge game is actually third now. Can I say something real quick? What a stud that guy is. Stud. Stud. Two fourth and tens. Catches that fourth and ten in the, you know, right in the, around the 50 yard mark. Beautiful catch. And then the way he, I mean, that touchdown catch he gets from, uh, from Russell, he had to fight for that ball a little bit. What a great play. This kid is the real deal, man. I like this He's guy. He's a man child. He's he, a man child. He is a man child. Sorry. But uh, swooping into second place out of nowhere, Adam Thielen. You know what? That guy is, he's good, man. You know, underrated. The, the, I think, I don't know what it is about him. Is it because he plays Minnesota? He's got Kurt throwing the ball? I don't know. But Thielen's always up there. Good for Thielen. I like Thielen. I like Thielen. And one guy who didn't swoop into anywhere who's been having, actually had not a bad game on Sunday, but. Super disappointing season so far for week five. Hmm. Cleveland Browns, Jarvis Landry. That dude is always going to play second, maybe even, dare I say, third fiddle to Odell. The guy just, he, he has a game where he shows some, some bright lights and then uh, he just goes running into the field later. Like, I don't know what's up with that guy. All over the place. They don't even let him play the fiddle right now. That's how, <laughs> that's how out of it he's he is. He's playing the uh, spoons, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe, the I believe that's the national <laughs> instrument in Cleveland, the spoons. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's working out well for them. It's really working out well. Uh, tight ends, we got uh, same thing, Kelsey and Andrews. And even with a bye week, Tanyan is still the third best quarter uh, <laughs> tight end. Wow. Uh, and here's one. You're, you're not going to be expecting this one, the bottom tight end this week. I'm throwing it out there. Taysom Hill. Oh. Who's technically a tight end in fantasy. You're expecting some good points from Taysom Hill. I, I thought uh, I was going to get a little more out of him, but he's been util- – like, okay, yesterday he ties the game in Monday Night Football, but um, you know what? He's not catching the ball. He, they're still putting him in that weird, you know, formation where he's, cat, you know, basically playing backup quarterback. And so I, I don't think – I think the tight end thing is just a – it's just a title. It, it really doesn't define him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't. No. And you know what doesn't define him either? Yeah. Getting points in fantasy. That's it. That's right. He's making it happen. I love it. Those are some good <laughs> hits. I like it. I'll just give you one more here. Yeah, please. Top defense. The Colts have been replaced. Mm. Back to the Ravens with a dominant performance against our favorite here, or one of our favorites, Joey Burrow. Uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Weren't you a little disappointed? I was actually thoroughly disappointed. In, uh, in Cincinnati's play this week. I thought they were going to give the, ba- the, the Ravens a slight punch in the face. They didn't even kick them in the shins, man. That was a horrible fight, horrible game. Very disappointed in the Cincinnati oh, Bengals this week. Didn't even show up. And then, you know, we won't really bag on them much anymore. Still the worst defense through five weeks with only one fantasy point in total. America's team. 
Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys. Well, man, it's it's only and the you know, yeah, and the kicker. You know, who cares? Again, the kicker thing. I don't know why you keep bringing it up. We're never going to talk about the kickers <laughs> unless the kickers do something extraordinarily well and deserve. They don't listen. Honest. Yeah, kickers. Kickers don't listen. You have to tell them. You know, they're. You know, everyone else is practicing. You know, they're selling stocks on their phone. They're ordering from Amazon on the sidelines. They just don't listen. So we got we got to tell them. I am a fan of that punter on Seattle, though Dixon. That guy can boot the ball to the moon, like that guy. All right. <laughs> Anyways, from there we got a new little segment. It's called Quick Hits. What we do, we're just gonna go around the world of sports and entertainment and tell you, hey, what happened this week? Because I'm telling you. There's something happening every single day. Let's start with a little college football. We are going to talk about it more and more as the weeks uh, keep coming on to us. Um, I'm going to give you the top five. Uh, Right now, it's Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame. And at number five in the AP polls, I was actually quite surprised, but not surprised. It's comic book George, a good friend of ours. North Carolina Tar Heels ranked fifth in the college football, not basketball, uh, top 25. A couple of... uh, couple of strays it's the ceo's favorite team so we had to bring it up or i would have been fired today it's the oregon ducks and hey props to justin herbert great game yesterday on monday night football showing the world that you are for real and then uh number 25 it's you usc you're back the trojans big data are back oh yeah la's having a good week with the trojans back on top of the lakers i'll tell you what though man Mm -hmm. You know, it's been this way for a long time. It was like in the NBA when Cleveland and Golden State were playing each other every year. Really, the whole season, it's super exciting. I love watching it. It doesn't matter to me, you know, who's playing who. College football is always great. But it comes down to Clemson and Alabama. They're the two powerhouses. You know, the rest of the games, they're great. They're entertaining. But frankly, they're meaningless until these two behemoths meet each other. Their offenses are dominating so far. Just give you just some really basic stats because, you know, not much has happened so far. Clemson, 42 points per game. Alabama, 45 points per game. Clemson, 496 yards of offense per game. Alabama, 479 yards of offense per game. So... They're just offensively, they're dominating. Uh, Clemson's defense has actually looked great so far. Alabama's surprisingly not looking as good as usual. Not too surprising. Early in the season, sometimes their defense is a little off. uh, But their offense is on fire. They had so many points and yards last game. It was was stunning. Uh, (laughs) They just, they really took it to Ole Miss to watch. Uh, Clemson played Miami who's their top competition in the ACC, and they just, they just dominated them. Uh, they made them look like, you know, no, nothing like the Hurricanes that, that we're used to in the past. So, uh, yeah, those two teams, again, it's going to take a miracle for them not to. Unless Ohio State has something up their sleeve later this season, I, I can't see anyone getting in, in the middle of their uh, championship party. Well, it's hilarious. They're, Ohio State, having not played one game, is ranked sixth. <laughs> which is, and you got BYU, who's undefeated, and they're ranked 15th. So just to show you that uh, your name does play and where you play and what school you go to does actually count in this world. From there, let's go to Miami. Big news came out of Miami this week. It's you, Governor uh, Ron DeSantos. 
approving uh, 65,000 people can now attend the Dolphins game. Because, hey, you know what? You can. Why not? The Green Bay Packers came out this week and said, guys, I don't think we're going to let anyone in. But Miami said, nah, forget it. 65,000. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, Dolphin fans. Thoughts on that? I heard the Dolphins, they're just going to put a giant mask over the whole stadium. And they said that's good enough. <laughs> that's a great idea. Big data. That is a fantastic idea. I love it. Just everyone walking around as though. Yeah, that's, I love it. From there, let's jump over to uh, Formula One. We told you we're going to talk a little bit about everything. The, uh, the greatest driver of all time in my eyes was always Michael Schumacher. Well, guess what? He finally has somebody that we can compare him to. It's you, uh, Lewis Hamilton. He just tied Schumacher for 91 uh, wins all time. That's an accomplishment in itself. Quick little story. 2001, I'm in Germany, and every newsstand, every single newspaper magazine had Schumacher's face. Like this guy, back in 2001 and even a little bit before, it was him and Tiger Woods. Big, big name. We don't get a, We don't put enough uh, exposure on the F1 stuff, but man, that's pretty neat. Hey, you're missing. See, you're missing their uh, other buddy. Which a little one? Roger Federer was in that party too. Oh, you know what? True that, and actually, great segue into what I wanted to say next. Rafael Nadal. He won his thirteenth <laughs> French Open. He's now got twenty Grand Slams. He's tied for Federer, buddy. Between him, Djokovic, and Federer. These three guys talk about a three-way. Like, this is crazy. These guys, <laughs> one week you think he's the best. No, next week he's the best. And uh, you know what? I can't wait to watch. I'm, a, I'm actually a, a pretty big tennis fan. I love watching these guys. And it, it's exciting. These guys are not letting the other guy outtake them. You know that awesome. uh, Nadal, he should just have creme brulee every day because... Yeah, you know what? 13 straight in France? Like, dude, why don't you just move there? What's I think, going on? I think, this, What's going I, think on? I saw his... He's, he's 99 and two in his career at the French <laughs> Open. <laughs> so if I'm him, why do you even leave? Like, tell everyone I'm only playing in one tournament and one tournament and only. You need me, I'm over here. So for the, the folks watching the boys out there, Nadal's taking some compound V. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. From there, I really wanted to send out a quick little. Uh, condolences to Eddie Van Halen and his family, the lead guitarist and one of the founding members of Van Halen uh, passed on this year. There's really nothing else to say than those guys that rocked back in the 70s and the 80s, big data, that's the way you live your life. You live it hard, man. Live it hard and live it strong. If you're not playing Van Halen in your stadium, you shouldn't have sports. If absolutely listen, you had one, you had something about coach K you wanted to talk. Well, you know, the, uh, the Duke blue devils, uh, they're, you know, kind of the villains of the college basketball world. And, yes. you know, frankly, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to make fun of them. I didn't actually have anything to talk about. I just <laughs> wanted to say, Duke, you didn't win last year. You're not going to win this year and deal with it. You, uh, you're, first off, can I say something? I don't mind Duke. I kind of like Duke. I mean, they gave us Grant Hill. What else do you want from these guys? So the best thing... That ever happened. I went to a college basketball game in Chapel Hill. I saw, I yeah. saw a little Gonzaga against ah, this is where this all comes against from. North okay. Carolina. <laughs> and uh, we went to a bar after. It was called the Four Corners. Of course, even the bars are named after basketball plays there. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, was using the facilities, and I went up to the urinal, and they have this. Um, 
laminated picture of Coach K in the urinal. So every Carolina fan can piss on Coach K. That's that's not right. That's not right. They should absolutely get in there and change that. That's not right. He's a legend. He's a legend. I won't let that happen. I, the Tar hey, Heels. They just they just love to hate him. Here's a last one for uh, quick hits. It's um, Tana Mongo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. She is an Instagram influencer. I had to bring this up because the CEO said he wants a little bit more dirt. He wants the action. So here it is for you specifically, uh, CEO. It's Tana Mongo, that's her name. She's a, like I said, Instagram influencer. And she is actually getting into a little bit of hot water. Why? Because she started this whole promo called Booty for Biden. What's that? If you can prove to Tana that you voted for Biden in the election, she will send you a nude pic. That has landed in hot water. Why? Because she's actually now by the U.S. government saying, they are saying that she's cohering votes. She's making people vote a way that maybe they didn't originally want just so they can get the picks. Big Data, do you stand by Dana? I think I got to stand with Dana. If Dana has something to offer to the clients, it's a capitalist country. She's offering booty for Biden. All Why I got to say is they need to investigate if she's Russian. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, great goal. I'm going to look into it. The way she spells it, it could be Russian. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. There it is. That's your quick hit of the week. Let's go on to something called the great debate. We've had champs versus chumps. We've had uh, legends or losers. And we're going back to the great debate. Why? Because this week, the New York Yankees ended up losing to the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the Lakers obviously won. And the Dallas Cowboys had their own headlines for obvious reasons. But why do I bring up all three of those? Because they were all relevant in the headlines this week. So it makes me wonder, and I got to ask the big data, who is the most overrated team in America? The Yankees, the Lakers, or the Dallas Cowboys? I'm going to have to go with your New York Yankees. Really? Haven't won a title since 2009. Mm -hmm. Spend the most money in baseball, or at least in the top three every year. Uh, they lost to the. I mean, I think I think Stanton makes more than the entire Rays baseball team. I think you're right, actually. And they lost to the Rays. Um, the fans are, and you know, New York. Please listen. We love you. The fans are incorrigible. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> They just they love their Yankees so much. There's all the history, but you know what? They're just they're just not getting it done anymore. You know what? You kind of convinced me. I was actually gonna. I listen. The Lakers are driving me mad, but respect. They won the championship, so I can't say anything. They backed it up. Then I was gonna say Cowboys for sure. That was actually my initial pick. I was gonna say Cowboys. They're the ones. Look at Dak. He breaks his leg. Where three weeks ago everyone was mad at him because he didn't take that guaranteed contract. But you're, now that you drop that date on me and drop those stats, you're right. They haven't won since 2009. They got all these high, crazy price players. They even, uh, you know, uh, shore up their pitching with, with big talent. And you're right. And they still can't beat the little lonely Tampa Bay Rays. You're right. You're right. It's the New York Yankees. They are the most overrated team in America. America. There it is. There it is. Uh, listen, everyone. Thank you for so much for listening to the Full Spectrum Podcast. 
We are pumped to have you on. Big Data, you got anything uh, to tell the people? Again, we're on all the platforms, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to it, we're there. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate the downloads. And this was fun. This was fun. And by the way, one little last thing. Tuesday Night Football, I didn't mind it so much. Kind of liked it, NFL. <laughs> I'm wondering if something's planted in the COVID water over Keep there. It Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Champions and Legends produces Hemp Derived CBD Sports Supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery.